The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast. As always here, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. And on this episode of the podcast, I have fellow Oklahoma State alum, fellow Oklahoma State football fan, and Oklahoma State resident, Colton Davidson. Joining me, Colton, how's it going? It's going great, Calvin. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for joining again. Last time we were talking about the Cowboys, but it was the uh, team down in Dallas. It wasn't Oklahoma it was. State. So a little different topic today. We got to recap the Oklahoma State-Iowa <laughs> State football game and then preview a little bit of Bedlam. See how we're doing. So... I mean, I'll just, just go ahead and hop into it here. The Oklahoma State-Iowa State game, there were eight turnovers in the game. Five Oklahoma State, or excuse me, five Iowa State turnovers. Three on Oklahoma State. Besides the turnovers and a total score of 20-14, to 14, what were your main takeaways from the game here? Uh, main takeaways, uh, Gunner Gundy is not the answer at quarterback. Um, the defense may have may have looked a little bit better this week, only holding Iowa State to 14 points. But at this point, it's like Iowa State has not proven to be the offensive juggernaut it has been. Or the, like, maybe not juggernaut, but, like, competence. Yeah. It's probably right. a better term. But they just, it's just not, it's a rebuilding year for them, for sure. Um, with After, you know, losing a guy that was literally going to be probably a top five running back in the NFL this year, losing a quality uh, college quarterback. It's just not the same team. But uh, the defense did better than that they did against the last two weeks. But uh, that's not a huge thing. And the, 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 I guess the big thing is, is you know, San, Spencer Sanders coming back in and quote unquote saving the day. Whether it whether he actually did much to save the day or whether it was just blind luck, I don't know. But that's kind of the big takeaways: is Spencer Sanders saving the day. The defense looked a little bit better, and Gunnar Gundy is not the answer at quarterback. Well, so so here's what my annoyance slash like struggle is with, um, with, with Spencer. If he could have played, why not start him? So that way you could theoretically sit him at the end of the game, right? Start him for long enough, get him enough game reps as you can. I get the use in case of emergencies type of deal that we basically did with Spencer, but like you, you play high school football. I mean, you would know a little mm-hmm. bit better than me. Why, why strategically not get your starter? Not that he needs more reps, but why not have him start the game for you? I, I guess um, I think that they just don't trust him to to protect himself because I think he just does not have that slide in, in him. He doesn't have the the super awareness. He'll run out of bounds every once in a while, but he does, he just gets so caught up in the moment that he doesn't super do he doesn't do a super good job of protecting himself. I think that they just didn't think that he could do that. And they, you know, the biggest game on any OSU on any OSU fans calendar is Bedlam. And that's what they're probably trying to gear up for. They thought that, Hey, this is a down Iowa state team. We can beat him with Gunnar Gundy. But like, you're asking that question. I, I literally texted you in the middle of the game. Like what the actual F is happening because they, it was a third down play. Gunnar Gundy, I think tried to run for a first down failed lost his helmet so because the NCAA is border it's just stupid they have that rule about you can't come back in if you're you have to set out a play if your helmet comes off it's the dumbest it's the dumbest rule in all of sports it is really really dumb um so he has to come out 
but they can't put in the freshman because then he loses his red shirt. So then they put in Sanders and then they basic that they almost they, they like by the time they get Sanders out there to run the play, there's like three seconds up to the shot on the not almost not on the shot clock, but on the play clock. Mm-hmm. And they end up running this really stupid fourth down play that like, could we have taken a timeout? Could, just punt Do we? Why, why do we have to do it? It was just stupid. It was, if you are frustrated with Gundy, then that was like the ultimate, let's just turn this off. Cause Gundy's just kind of do Gundy stuff all day today. And that's kind of what happened. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So, so the frequent, but I guess I didn't answer yeah. your question. I don't think I answered your question, but well, no, I think I think you did well enough. I mean, you, you put him in because it's that because of what you're saying, right? Like you don't think Iowa State's that good. They're a pretty down offensive team, mm-hmm. just just this year. So you, you put him in because you think you can win. By, basically, you put him at the end because you think the entire game you can win without needing him, right? Then we put him in. All of a sudden, he has a better quarterback rating. He throws for more. He, he threw more times than Gunner. Mm-hmm. Threw the ball 13 times to Gunner's 12. Whereas the Iowa State team basically, I mean, Iowa State quarterback scored, the, excuse me, not scored, threw the ball 18 more times than we did as a team. So, like, they weren't having too much success running the football. I get it. We weren't having too much success doing a lot of stuff. I, I also get it. To me, it's an odd deal because if he could have played in the Kansas game, I mean, right? I, yeah. I have to think it's a bruised, like, so, so Jake and I do a podcast frequently, and for everyone who's listening to those and keeping up, the basic recap of it is is that Jake goes, well, why hasn't this happened? We need more transparency from Gundy. Gundy this, Gundy that, Gundy this, Gundy that. I'm going, all right, well, I think a lot of it goes on the whole team. I, I don't think there's a just straightforward answer. I don't think Jake's getting that way either, but I don't think it's just directly I, – I don't think the – the blame lies on Gundy more than any other person, you know, within the organization, right? Like I, not trying to say I'm a Gundy like truther mm-hmm. or believer, but it's an odd deal. Whenever really you odd. have, you know, a, a guy basically play only just as needed, and it's like, well, okay, he's playing this as needed, but like we we kind of needed him earlier, like we we. You almost waited too long, right? Right. I, I wonder if it was just I – mean, they obviously have a lot more information on what is going on with him than, than we do. They, they obviously do. It, it, is just so, it was just such a, a classic kind of Gundy being way too conservative kind of deal because and, – and they ended up winning the game. That's like the big thing is they got the win against a really down Iowa State team. That was actually a pretty hard-fought game. And, and Sanders came in and, and did what he needed to do. But it was like, I, I honestly, you have to think Iowa State lost the game more than Oklahoma State won the game. Because it's basically, you look at the stupid game, the box score, and it's just like Oklahoma State scores at the, they score that touchdown after Sa- the second drive that Sanders comes in. And then basically they just punt the rest of the way for the game. And then they don't do, the defense just, uh, I think, uh, the quarterback for Iowa State just missed a wide open dude in the fourth quarter that, on the second to last drive that would have won the game if they had just done that, if they had just completed it. So it's, I think it's basically Oklahoma State got really lucky on a very, very conservative Gundy day with both his quarterback and with the team, the way the team was playing. So 
I don't know. I, I don't, I think you have a, I, you, I think you're onto something with it. It's just like an organizational identity is that they don't want to put out that information. And, and it's something that I've kind of gathered more information, like I'm learning about more with all these, but it's just kind of like, that's another, that is more time spent by the opposing team of having to prep for, okay, here's how we have to prep for in case, you know, Gunner plays, here's how we have to do if this freshman plays, whose name escapes me. And here's how we have to do if Sanders plays, because it's three completely different style quarterbacks, like, um, but, and gun, but, and, and was there anything good that you saw from Gunner yesterday on Saturday that you liked? So yes, there's that 83 yard touchdown pass. I mm-hmm. don't, there's, so it's what I'm thinking about Gunner Gundy. I'm not trying to say, like you said, you said he's you know not the answer, right? Like, but but then again, I'm going to say I never thought he would be, and I don't think you understand that either, right? Yeah, no, he's a I, I, quarterback who's the coach's son, who's a zero star kid, right? Like he's a third string quarterback. Let's if his name, if his last name says Alexander or Davidson on it, then I don't think he's getting scrutinized that much. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think it's that, that, that's light, totally fair. It's, that's very fair, right? I, I think it's making light out of a bad situation that Oklahoma State's in. I think a lot of it becomes a well, the gunner, he couldn't get it done. You know, I mean, the, the Gundy couldn't get it done. It's like, well, okay, but what did we expect? Get Eastern Michigan offers, right? Like, but on the other side of it, I want to say this guy went 12 and 1 in high school. He played in Stillwater, granted. You know, I mean, didn't play like, you know, against Kyler Murray type of talent in Allen, Texas, but Oklahoma football isn't bad football. This isn't like right. he's playing over in overseas or something where we don't know how to judge the talent he's playing in the literally the backyard of this like photo that i have in the background podcast, yeah. <laughs> right so like it went 12 and one his one loss i think is in the championship and, and i think there. the announcers were talking about like he had 3400 yards his, his senior year with like 30 or something touchdowns and only a couple of picks like you're you're right like he, he's I, not I, a he's yeah. not completely terrible, but he's also not the guy that's going to lead OSU to a Big Twelve championship. Most likely, it's it's hard to expect that. Also, it's only his, his first year on campus, isn't it? Se- second year, I think second he's year. a redshirt freshman. Okay, he's playing out of necessity, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to keep like just shoving down everyone's throats. This isn't a at least from what everything you think and read and hear, right? We can only as far as I want to say. There's a lot of, well, is Casey calling the plays? Is Gundy calling the plays? Is this responsibility lie on him or him or him or him? Right? Like, who can we narrow down to go, I want to be mad at somebody personally because this season we've lost three games? Mm-hmm. Listen, all of us do. Every Oklahoma State fan, you're crazy if you're not trying to figure out who, why, why can't we get this done? Right? Like, is this on Sanders? Is this on Gundy? Is this on Casey Dunn? Is this like a... You know, Todd Munkin issue from 10 years ago because we don't run that same offense anymore. Like, what what do we want to do, right? You know, I mean, oh, we're mad Dane Holgerson drinks so many Red Bulls when he was on campus because then it screwed nice Oklahoma State for the next 10 years. Who knows? So besides all that type of stuff, you, you want to figure out, like, who's the culprit? Mm-hmm. There's just not one. There almost never is in, like, life, just right. speaking-wise. But, like, there's definitely not one with this Oklahoma State football team this year. There's a weird situation against TCU where Sonny Dykes is – yelling at the refs about us doing basically delay game penalties and all type of stuff. And the refs stopped calling it when they weren't that nice to us the week before against Texas tech, but also Gundy wasn't yelling at them. 
I digress. The main point is that our third string quarterback, if he had a different last name, I think he'd be scrutinized differently. And I think this would be much more on the okay, let's figure out why we can't run the football. Right, right. I, like, we, I, I we didn't can't mean to run the football ha- worth the darn. No, I, I didn't mean to come out and say, like, I think Gunner Gunny's the reason no. that we were. But I think it's yeah, yeah. the team as a whole is is not putting is not in a position for a third string quarterback to succeed and it's not the situation what it was whenever i was a freshman and back in 2014 where mason Rudolph comes in and everything just opened up because he was such a good quarterback right off the gate because he played i think he was a third stringer that year and he just he came in and instantly elevated that team to a whole new level um and that's just not what we should we should have expected from gunner gundy but yeah anyway can I give you my take on why oh, OSU has yeah. been struggling the last few years? I think yeah. I think that yes. the big, the Big Twelve, I think as a whole, has figured out Gun, uh, Gundy's Mike Gundy's offensive scheme and knows how to stop it. Basic, and, and and I think that especially because the the scheme to me is an outsider, not knowing a whole lot of X's and O's. But football, I played center. I wasn't, I wasn't the quarterback or anything in high school, and I played on an eight-man team. So there, I met, you know, I played in a scenario with three less guys on the field. Um, I guess six less guys. Anyway, um, I, I, it looks like to me that the OSU offense is built around getting players in one-on-one situations and having the better talent or the more um, developed talent to go out and win in the one-on-one situations. And they just don't have that guy. They just don't have those, you know, Justin Blackman. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, my name, insert last 10. Uh, yeah. Des Bryant insert last 10 years of OSU wide receivers, just dominating justice Hill, Chuba Hubbard. They, they just don't have Either the guy is on the roster, he's just too young, or they just haven't been able to find anybody reliable this year to do that. So I think the scheme is outdated and it's old and everybody's figured it out. And then whenever the scheme does actually work or catches a team off guard, they just don't have the players on the perimeter or or at running back to go out and make the plays. And it's asking a lot of Spencer Sanders, who is, I think, a pretty good quarterback, but he's a flawed one. And it, honestly, I think we have a little bit of Landry Jones syndrome where what OU was going through after Sam Bradford left, where like they didn't really appreciate just how good Landry Jones was at the, in the moment. And so like Landry Jones was not Sam Bradford. He was not a number one overall pick, but he was a darn good college quarterback. He made some bonehead mistakes throughout his career, but he was he had that team humming for several years. And I think Sanders is kind of about that same level where he's going to win you some games. He's probably not, he's probably going to hurt you a few games, but he's, he's not Mason Rudolph. He's not Sam Bradford. He's not the, the engine of the offense. I think that he's just being asked to do so much because the, the, the talent level across the board is down. And like you were talking about with Jake a couple of podcasts ago, um, like OSU is not going out and going after the premier three, four, five stars. Like they, like they probably should start being like transitioning into being, and like you were talking, like, you know, you made the point about they've done it for so long and people could point to like Kansas State of they go and get Juco transfers, they go get two stars, they go get three stars and they just compete in year, year in and year out. But what they don't compete for is a national championship. And I think OSU is like right at that door of, you know, getting 
a guy or two in the building that just kind of busts open the floodgates and all of a sudden we have some guys because I think the facilities have increased. Stillwater's probably a little bit nicer than it's ever been and the stadium is awesome. The fans are just ready and willing to accept any dude that comes in there and it's just poised, I think, for the, the right kid came in and committed that they could start really something special at OSU, especially with OU and Texas leaving. But that's where I'm at with the OSU program. Yeah. So, so whenever we got Sanders, I remember when Cornelius was the quarterback and I was going, why is this fifth year walk-on guy starting for us for a whole year? And I was just going just, Hard at Cornelius. I mean, hard at Corn Dog. Like the the Bedlam game, basically his his year where he passes the ball just two feet, you know, less than a yard, basically the other direction. It's a touchdown. We win, walk off, win the game. It's one of those Bedlam games, right? Which almost happens every year. But basically that year, I was going. Sanders is on the roster. He's the Gatorade Player of the Year in Texas. The previous football Gatorade Player of the Year was Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And after seeing Kyler Murray light us up, it's like, wait a second. We've got this guy on the roster. What do we do with Cornelius? Why can't this guy? This guy needs to get in here and get to start now. Well, since Sanders has basically come on the roster and been able to start, he's either looked incredibly good, incredibly bad, or been injured. And we've gotten all different versions of just all throughout the years. I mean, this mm-hmm. is his, I think, fifth year with the team, fourth year having starting time. Mm-hmm. Right, I think I think his 2018 was his first year and his retro year when um, yeah when he ended up when correct. Cornog was on the roster. What I am curious about is our offensive line is almost it, it seems like now just had issues just year after year after year. It's having Jenkins get drafted second round to the Bears, awesome, but our still offensive line was banged up. Yeah, Josh Stills last year, but still banged up. I mean, there's just. Probably every single team deals with this in some aspect that I just am not following that closely, right? Like probably like Texas has some offensive linemen they're banged up. You probably have the same type of deal with multiple other teams that are just guy have guys, offensive linemen, defense line and banged up. I just don't hear as much about it. Seems like they're still able to run the ball pretty darn well. I mean, Texas has Eugene Robinson, who I is a guy who we hope Ollie Gordon can be in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Jay Nixon can be in a couple of years, whoever it may be. Just was one of our guys who's younger. We hope they can get to that point. What I'm more curious about here is that it seems like we need that quarterback, like that quarterback, right? Right. We need a guy who isn't even a Mason Rudolph, isn't even a Brandon Whedon, isn't even a Spencer Sanders or Josh Fields or Mike Gundy. We need a guy who's like a program kind of taker, we, Clint, right? Like the Clint Shelf. Oh, that's good. Clinch off insurance. <laughs> like, a, a clinch, um, like a, just a clinch off. Like he's just good. Well, but we need, yeah, but we need like a, a Tennessee quarterback hooker, right? Like mm. that, you know, we, we need a guy who's like a game changer, a Caleb Williams type of dude who comes in, is fired up, can't wait to play for Oklahoma State. But honestly, even less about that, just a guy who's just complete. Like when Baker Mayfield was playing for OU, every year I was like, crap, dude, we got to deal with this dude. Even though that he had a preferred walk on at Texas Tech and was, his, I mean, I don't know what star quarterback he was coming to high school, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, I'm not saying Gunner could be that. I'm just saying, like, Baker changed the game for OU. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts. I mean, I mean, we need, we need one of those guys who, like, well, Dark Horse, Spencer Sanders, Heisman Trophy guy. There was some buzz in the offseason, right? 
but the buzz I think went into the ideas of him having pass plays like we saw this weekend where he has the touchdown. He rolls out to the right, draws in the defensive guy, lobs it over his head to Jaden Nixon, touchdown. Ball game, basically, at that point. You're right, there's a, there's a play later on where the, I forget what number, but I, Iowa State wide receiver is open, free, he catches the ball, it looks like he's in stride, that's a touchdown, and it's more than likely hard for us to score again because they had stopped us previously. So there was that too. But like, we need a quarterback who's like a Heisman Trophy type of winning guy, it seems at this point. And I that may be too much to ask right now. It just may be. Because it doesn't seem like we're putting together a ton of other guys who are healthy at the right times. Healthy is the key word to be able to be in that position. I think we have a lot of great wide receiver guys. Brayden Johnson coming into this year and also coming to the last year. I was like, oh my gosh, Brayden Johnson. That's right. I forget about him every so often. But he's just been healthy. Yeah, and I mean, like, kind of going to Sanders, the so – I'm trying to think. The Kansas State game, it was re- like every time it seemed like the OSU offense got going, it was one of those really, really young wide receivers just doing a boneheaded play. Like the one guy fell down, so San, you know Sanders was anticipating him, was about to throw him open, and then all of a sudden this guy is on the floor, starts behind the throw. Then there was another where they finally got another wide receiver going, and he's taking off running down the field and gets the ball punched out. And I think it's just kind of like it's like the season from hell where like everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. <laughs> but uh, it still just sucks that it seems like that's what we've said the last – Four years. I mean, the Central Michigan, then, then, oh, we're really young. And then, oh, we're finally good. And now Chuba Hubbard's hurt. Oh, crap. And then now this year, it's like, oh, we're finally good. And we have the best defensive line in the country. And then all of a sudden, they're all hurt. And now our quarterback is hurt. We don't know. Like, like it's just all these things. It just, it's been a hard year to be a Cowboys fan. <laughs> Same, same here. I, uh, uh, I mean, it, it's it's just um, the transparency deal is something that I can't get past. I really have a hard time getting past it, to be honest. Um, because if Sanders has a bruised whatever, cool. I, I don't care. You guys are the medical experts. You guys are the team. You guys are are the the team personnel. I, I trust Oklahoma State more than I, you know, with all type of stuff they've, you know, gone and done or whatever than than a lot of other um, medical operatives or whatever. And but but my, my point being is that if Sp- if Sanders is is injured and he can't play against Kansas, okay, but you know who did play against Kansas and kind of beat him handedly. Oh, you scored 52 in Kansas. We scored seven, 16 uh, to their like 37. That, yeah. that sucks. The, with, the, with, uh, <laughs> with, you know, Garrett Rangel or, or Rangel looked pretty darn okay, but we couldn't finish off drives. You know, he had interceptions. He's a freshman quarterback, true freshman at that, playing before he probably ever thought he would. Tough to say the least. We're probably practicing plays during the middle of the week that help him out a little bit, but are kind of half Sanders, half him, because it's what the offense knows. It's really tough for me to go, oh my gosh, this Oklahoma State team is just destined for success next year because basically of what we've seen this year. And last year, beating 
Notre Dame the way we did, seeing that two-minute hurry-up offense before half in the Fiesta Bowl, and then seeing the second half, and us saying we have a logo too, it's like, man, I love it. This is awesome. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. an Oklahoma State, like, man, I mean, long story short, I drove to that game from L.A. in Phoenix. So I drove six hours. I had to work the next day. So I drove six hours after the game was over coming back. I had no problem at all staying awake. I was so excited, energized yeah. by the Oklahoma State team, the direction this team was headed. All right, Jalen Warren said now, you know, we've got, you know, we got Dominic Richardson. We've got some wide receiver recruits coming in. Sanders looked amazing. He's coming back. We finished fifth in the country in the eight people. And now we're sitting here as a three-loss team that got just absolutely murdered against Kansas State. Lost 48 no, nothing. And Sanders played the first half. So if Sanders got injured in the first half, cool. But he played the first half. I mean, so so if he got injured during it and he stayed in too long, whatever. But, like, we didn't score a point. It's Kansas State. I know Texas didn't score that many this past weekend against him, but, like, I don't know. It's a very frustrating time right now to be an Oklahoma State football fan, I'd say. And like the, I said, the, it's it's hard to to not point a finger at Gundy right now because he's the face of the franchise. He's in college football. It's you, you, the coaches. The coach is the end all and the be all, and and it's not as player driven as like what the NFL is. It's it's the coach has his fingers in everything, so it's really hard to not point a finger at him. And this is like kind of what we come to expect of a gun of a Gundy OSU season. Well, yeah, we'll probably lose it. We'll lose at least one dumb. We'll lose at least one dumb game, and then I guess the injury bug will have – oh, we got the injury bug. Let's just punt on this year. We'll try again next year. Well, next year, we won't have Sanders. We'll be having to start a new quarterback. We'll have a whole new defense. We haven't been able to – we clearly have not been able to replace uh, uh, Glenn Spencer at, at, the defensive, at the defensive head coach or defense coordinator position. It's just been – it's been kind of a rough year, and it sucks, but – that's kind of just what we have to come to expect as Oklahoma State fans is, you know, life sucks and and then you just go to the next year. <laughs> and you know, you kind of hope for a yeah, good there's so many game and then you go. Point to. I mean, yeah, there, there's so many things I can point to for, for like, oh, well, you know what? As an Oklahoma State fan, there's this year, there's the 2011 we played on a Friday against Iowa State. We, we did this. We have that stupid Central Michigan game where they have an extra down, which no one would ever... I mean, if that's happening against Alabama, do you think Central Michigan gets, like, kicked out of college football? You know what I mean? Like, something bizarre, right? Like, I'm trying to be funny. But, you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, how how does this kind of luck keep happening to us? And I I don't think there's, like, a a end-all, be-all, and I don't think there's anything out to hurt Oklahoma State, but, like, the fandom part of it, it's like we've seen enough of Gundy now. We're, we're, I'm not saying we're tired of it. It's just we've seen all different types of versions of it. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the conservative version. We've seen the excited version. We've seen the letdown version. We've seen the injury version. We've seen the get screwed over by the refs version. At this point, it's like, dude, come on. Oh, you and Texas are going to leave, and I'm not getting excited and jumping up and down being like, oh, man, okay, once they leave, it's our conference. Yeah, I'm just not thinking that right now. No. And I was at the end of last year. Right? Like I I, I really was at the end of last year. That's I my... mean I I had this conversation with with somebody uh with one of my friends at my church and it was just like okay if you if you do tell Gundy okay we're done 
what's agreed to part ways, which isn't going to happen. It, it's just not going to happen. But it's like there's nobody else out there unless there's a former player that that would want to come to Oklahoma State and, and try to build off of it. That We're going to go back to being a stepping stone program of, hey, you come in, you, you have a couple winning seasons, and you go on to Ohio State, Texas, or um, – you know, Auburn or what we go on to a bigger and better program. There's and unless it's like in five years, Mason Rudolph wants to try head coach, wants to try to be in the head coach of OSU. And I, I just don't see Mason Rudolph doing that, but it would, it would take a player like that to come back and, and, and lead the OSU program. And I just, I don't know who you go out and would get to replace Gundy that actually gets you excited because anybody that you bring in, is just looking to move on to the next thing. There's not, it's not gonna be, there's not very many people out there that would want to go. I want to live in Stillwater for the next 15 years, like a save so, or anything like that. So, so this is maybe where Zach Robinson comes in. Zach Robinson currently on the uh, Rams coaching staff here out in Los Angeles. Uh, former, of course, amazing Oklahoma State football and mm-hmm. baseball player. I still don't. I, I, I don't want to discredit Oklahoma State. I currently live because because Jake and I have had this conversation too. Like, who would you get to coach at Oklahoma State? Who would be the head coach? Who would be the next guy? And for a while, I was on the well, who would right? Like, who would in who would love Oklahoma State where they'd come back and coach for a while, right? To kind of because you got to figure there'd be a drop off after Gundy leaves. You don't want there to be too big of a drop off because you want the next guy to want to stay. Yeah, yeah, all type of stuff, right? I, I I'm in this position. I would move back to Oklahoma tomorrow without thinking twice about it if the right position was there. I'd also move to New York City tomorrow if the right <laughs> position was there. And I'd also move to Dallas, Texas. So you can incentivize people several different other ways, right? Like I'd also move like to Pasadena, you know, which is technically in the same area of the country and technically the same county, I think. But my point being is that you can incentivize people in several different other several different ways. Mm-hmm. Mike Boynton, why wouldn't Mike Boynton decide, you know what, dude, I have been through the ringer with this team. I'm going to see what else is out there. Probably the reason is because there's not too many other great offers out there. I mean, St. John's where, or, or St. Joe's, excuse me, where he's kind of from the area of the country. They could probably go out and offer him a pretty darn good deal. But maybe I'll stay in the Big 12 and Power 5. You know, Gundy's probably not leaving anytime soon on the other hand of all this type of new coach. Which is which is a big part of this, yeah. He's but, he's not going to be going anywhere for f- at least five years, right? I, I Gundy's younger than my dad, and my dad is not sixty, so I don't <laughs> think Gundy's leaving anytime soon, right? Especially when we got head coaches in college football who are like seventy plus, yeah, at at premier programs. What I'm more curious about here at this point with the the Gundy and the whole type of deal is that. I don't want us to peak, right? I do not want us to be peaking currently, you know? Um, I don't, I don't know what the answer is as far as like what we can do. Um, on that type of front, you know? Yeah, I, I I would agree. It's, it's a, it's a pointless conversation because Gundy's not leaving until he wants to leave. And I don't think he wants to leave yet. Um, there was that time back 
2014-ish where there's really hot rumors about him going to Tennessee and that, that never really came to fruition. But I, I, and I don't, I think that would have been like one of the more perfect times to do it. But then if he does do that, we don't get the, the Bedlam one where Tyree Kill uh, returns the punt for the touchdown and we don't get all these other really awesome moments. So, you know, he keeps the team generally pretty fun to watch, but it's kind of been, it's kind of, been a little bit down because the last, I feel like three or four years, the offense has just not been that classic explosive Oklahoma state offense. And it just feels so hard to do anything in the Oklahoma state offense right now. And that's kind of made, made watching on Saturday mornings or afternoons kind of hard, but um, it's just, it is what it is. And you know, we're, we probably should be lucky that we're not like Tulsa fans or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I mean, that's irrelevant year in and year out. <laughs> that's that's a great that's a great point. I I'm I don't know. I'm very very curious. Like why? Uh, I don't know why why a change hasn't happened more recently. Do you think that? Um, I mean. Do you think that Gundy could like, I don't know, um, retire anytime soon? Or do you think like, what do you think that, what do you think is next for Gundy? Cause I don't, I don't, we're both of us are saying he stays for a while. Right. Yeah. I, I think he retires and, and it, mm. either, either mm-hmm. he retires after another 11 or 12 win season, or it's like three years of like six and six or six and seven or something like that where the team and him both agree to, to part ways. Um, I, I don't really see another program out there wanting to go after him and being prestigious enough to want him, especially after seeing the, his last like five years of work, which is like good. It's, it's a, especially compared to like, I bet Texas tech would take Gundy in a heartbeat because they've been, you know, I continuously like the bottom of the Big 12 ever since Mike Leach left. Um, they had freaking Patrick Mahomes, you know, like, what, five years ago? And they couldn't, they still couldn't win. <laughs> so it's like, it, 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 they would probably take Gundy in a heartbeat, but I, I don't see Gundy wanting to go to like that level of program. And I don't see anybody like the step above OSU. Like, I don't see Clemson or Ohio State or Penn State or Tennessee. Um, Nobody of that caliber or that prestige is going to be going after him. I, I just don't see it. Um, he has not really proven to to be the higher that that next step of level of coach. And, and maybe this is like the conversation that pushes him. And maybe next year we're national champions, and we just don't ever saw it. But that's just kind of what we're what we're seeing right now. That's what the trend has been. All right. Well, we're just going to cut to commercial break here, real quick, Colton. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, well, Colton, I think it's time we talk about Bedlam a little bit here. Um, mm-hmm. Got it coming up this weekend. Of course, it's the weirdest Bedlam yet because the first time in Bedlam history since the college football playoff has been around that OU has not been ranked in the top 25, but OSU has. So we've got that going for us. How are you feeling about Bedlam game this weekend? I feel strangely confident that we can win this year, but I, I don't know why I'm thinking that after we lost – you know, 48-0, and we've lost to Kansas, and then we put up that pathetic performance against Iowa State. Um, it's it's I I think that we have the better quarterback, which is huge. 
But I think OU has for sure the better coach, a better coaching staff, a coach that has won championship, has won national championships, coach championship level defenses, um, guys that are playing in the NFL, playing on Sundays. I I, I feel weird about like why I'm confident in OS, OSU this weekend, but that's kind of just where I am for. I guess just for no other reason than just hope, but I'm I'm not going to be devastated if we lose because it's a, 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 this is kind of that's the, the statistical probably the the, the most likely outcome <laughs> of if you look at the series history is that OU wins, but uh, it, it that's kind of where I'm at. What I, I don't really know how else to break it down. OU is probably yeah, the, yeah, the worst yeah. OU team since I've been alive. Um, mm. That's just kind of where we at. Well, I guess it was pretty the, bad for them. 98 was pretty bad. Yeah, so so when, since I was three years old, or two years old. No, three years old. So since I was three years old, that's the worst OU has probably been. You are born in 95. Five, then. All right. Yeah. I'm old. So I was born in 93. I'm just being funny. I, yeah. I, I get it. Um, th- this OU team is not promising. They're not particularly superheroes. There's not a Heisman Trophy winner under center. Yada yada, a bunch of other stuff. They're currently unranked. They haven't. I mean, they they have a after after us. They play at Texas Tech, so they don't beat us. They play at Texas Tech to possibly get to a bowl game, right? Otherwise, they have only have five wins. So, that being said, this makes me very nervous. Like it's at OU, never a good feeling. It's Bedlam, also mm. not a good feeling. With all being said. I'm always optimistic about Bedlam until I see our players get injured. This reminds me of like two years ago, whenever Sanders played and then Alienworth had to come in and play or uh, three years ago when I think it was like Drew Brown came or Drew Brown was just the quarterback that year, basically because Sanders got injured too. So uh, I'd say this. I feel confident that we can make it a game. Don't know how confident I feel actually us making it a good game. At that same mm. point, you know, like I totally just, fair. Uh, um, I still, I still pick us to win. I, I'd say 24, 28-24. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Oklahoma State wins. We're not gonna. If the game ends up being a shootout, I don't feel great about it. I think this either happens a couple of different ways. Either we just outlast them and score last, but it's a slugfest the entire time. It's turnovers. It's a bunch of other stuff. OU hasn't looked just dominant offensively, not on what they don't this year or this weekend. OU hasn't looked amazing this weekend either offensively. Again, not on wood. But they have looked good enough. They scored 52 against Kansas. Granted, they're starting quarterback and our backup. But you, know, you go c- compare like a bunch of the how much do they score, how much do we score against teams. It's favoring OU more or less in that perspective. Looking through, like, okay, well, how did we do? How did they do? Can we do great? Can they do great? Et cetera, et cetera. Like, ah, I have a bunch of hope, but I'm not sure how much it'll work out. So, Calvin, do you want to take a guess at what the the line is, but the betting line is according to Bet MGM? (laughs) So, so unfortunately, I already know. I think it's Uh, seven. I think we're seven point underdogs, right? Yeah, seven and a half point underdogs. Seven and a half, and then the total is sixty six points. So the over under. Yeah, just just not great. I. I mean, but that is kind of the twenty-eight, twenty-four type of type of aspect here. Um, yeah, it's giving us a little bit more points in the game. Here's the thing: it's a six-thirty game on ABC. 
It's under the big lights. It's in Norman. We just can't run the ball that well, and we can't stop the run that well. And those are two things that looks like Eric Eric Gray, the uh, Sooners running back, who's a transfer from Tennessee. Looks like he's not bad. Mm-hmm. And looks like they do have, I think it's Mims, is their wide receiver. So they yes. do have guys who are playmakers. If we, if Brian Johnson can come back and play, Sanders plays, the Bryson or Bryson or Blaine, I think it's Bryson Green plays, and then we get John Paul Richardson, the ball some, Ollie Gordon a little bit, Jay Nixon, Dominic Richardson. Then I feel really good. If our playmakers are out there and we're able to give them the ball, feel good. It's like. Can we score 41? Like, can we do, can we score how much we scored against Texas Tech? Kind of thinking. Can mm-hmm. we score um, how much we did against Texas? 41 as well, I believe. So, if we can do that, man, then I feel great. I just am hesitant to say we can do that because we haven't done it recently. You know, we, we kind of had, have had some slugfests here as of late. Uh, most points we've scored in the past, you know, four weeks was the that 41-point win. Against against Texas, so season's not season's trending in a good direction. We beat Iowa State this past weekend. Granted, it was by six at home, but you know what? Texas didn't put up a bunch of points against Iowa State either. And they beat them. Um, and, and OU hasn't proven to be like just world stoppers at all. So besides the fact that they're OU and we don't have a historic record, like as far as like we don't have a bunch of history about being like, a great team. When we play OU, especially. Besides that, I should be confident. Everything mm-hmm. on paper should make me go Oklahoma State. Let's go take the underdog, take the points. We should win this. But the fact that the line is seven and a half, even though Spencer Sanders has told everyone he's playing, mm-hmm. makes me like, all right, dude, what are we? What's going on here? You know? Yeah. I, I don't, it's just, it's so hard to be sitting here today after the ultimate high that we were on after that Texas win. Cause that Texas win was awesome. They, like I thought that that team was gutty and gritty. And now here we are losing back to back games, gutting it, gutting one out against Iowa state. And, and now we're here. We're talking about, can we beat a, maybe the worst OU team in the, in the two thousands. <laughs> since the turn of the century and can we beat that team and that is just completely decimated by the transfer portal and a coach leaving and they got a brand new coach who's a good coach don't get me wrong brent venables probably in two years if, if the fou is staying would probably be the best coach in the big 12 hands down um just he just hasn't gotten to recruit yet and he hasn't he's barely gotten to recruit anything it, it, it's so early on but anyway it just kind of sucks that that's where we're at after such a big after what three weeks ago having such a huge win and feeling really good about the team. Feeling like we okay we got our bit we got our one loss against TCU and now here we are we got our and we're just I was kind of gearing up for like just a rematch with TCU in the bowl game and in the championship game for the Big Twelve so that's where we're at. Do you know what Bedlam used to not be played in one of the two stadiums? Oh, really? Um, where they play it? I. Quiz question here. Do you know where the very first Bedlam game was played in, or do you know the Oklahoma State head coach at the time? I'm going to guess it was... It's a trick question. I'm going to guess it was played in Guthrie. Oh, yeah. You're totally right. Because that used to be the state capital, so I'm going to guess that that was where they played for some reason. I have no idea the coach. 
It's a trick question. Oklahoma State had no coach in 1904. Oh. <laughs> 1904? Holy crap. We've been playing OU since then. And actually, the Wikipedia article uh, is very interesting here because apparently there was a touchdown scored by OU where Oklahoma State punted the ball, but somehow the ball went backwards. Not really sure how, but it looks like it's deflected and went into a puddle. OU jumped on the ball in the puddle, and then that gave him a touchdown, even though the not sure if the puddle was part of the field. So a bunch of just interesting stuff back uh, 100 plus years ago. About I, I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that story. And I just kind of want to go back and be able to show guys that played the 1900s, early 1900s. Like this is what this game is now. That, like just just to see them just get their minds blown about what this game is at this point after like 100, 120 years later. Well, and so then then the game was played basically like every other year in Stillwater or Norman, just just kind of back and forth. Um, and then for some reason in, let's see, what was it, 1915 through, I'm still, uh, through 1919, it was played in Oklahoma City. So, hmm. and then it goes back to being played in Stillwater or, or Norman. So I wonder where they played it in the city. I wonder what, I guess that's the I would, I would say Taft Stadium, right? I don't think I, I, I've lived in Oklahoma so. City. I've lived in Oklahoma City my whole life, and I have no idea where Taft Stadium is. You've been to my house. You're Taft Stadium. You're driven by Taft Stadium. What is Taft Stadium? Oh, is that where the the energy play? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah. it was called that. Mm. Bill Taft Stadium. Yeah, there we go. There's that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go see all my life. No idea where that is. Oh, wait, I know exactly where that is. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, I didn't know the name. That's a classical Oklahoma thing, though. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're 32nd out of just some quick stats here. As we kind of round this one up, um, we have 10 conference championships, which makes us 71st out of 131 teams in the country. OU has 50, though, which puts them first out of 131. The only stat from Winsipedia that we win versus OU is we actually have a better bowl record percentage-wise. Um, we have a 65% bowl record winning-wise to OU's 57%. Now, I will say OU has more bowl game seasons. No, uh, we, we've played in 32 bowl games. OU has won 31 bowl games. So, slight, you know, slight yeah. difference here in the percentages <laughs> here. Anything with that as well. But... Colton, it's always great having you on the podcast. Yeah, did you want to? Uh, did you want to shout anything? Talk anything more about uh, college football here a little bit? No, I'm. I kind of think I've gotten the Mike Gundy stuff out out of my craw. I'm, I think I've gotten that off my chest. I feel a little bit more refreshed. It's always good to have a nice therapy session here on the CGA tour. Kind of feel heard. Now oh, I can yeah. go out and I can go out and do the rest of my stuff now. I can. I. <laughs> I can I get back to painting some stuff I have for a D&D game I got this weekend. So awesome. I think that's kind of where my – I think I finally have the right mindset to try to, try to do this. So here we are. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> of course, Golden, thanks so much for joining here. We yeah, no will uh, catch you guys again soon here before too long. Please follow at CJ Tour on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, believe it or not, uh, for more. And um, – yeah. OU has seven Heisman winners. We have one. OU has 409 NFL draft picks. We have 170. Um, let's see here. There's just not like a lot of stats one? that just give me like just amazing. 
feeling about Oklahoma State. Did, did, did you, uh, can you name the one Heisman winner for Oklahoma State? <laughs> Barry Sanders. <laughs> just, everybody knows that. Can you name all seven Heisman winners for OU? You have 30 seconds. Uh, Bradford, Kyler, Jay, or, or, uh, oh gosh. Adrian Peterson didn't win it, did he? No. No? Famously did not win. Oh, Jason White, did he win one? Who, who are the winners? Josh Heifel. Jo- oh, Josh Heifel won one? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, let's see, 19 seconds. Baker Mayfield, Sam Bradford, Jason White, Billy oh, Sims, Steve Baker. Owens, Billy Souls. So not famously here. Not Josh Heupel, as I said just a second ago. Uh, oh, I loaded up the OU website, and I saw Lincoln Riley on the first page. This is just an odd timing here. That being said, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys again soon. Peace. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. Is, if you put in OU.edu slash admissions, like it, it, it's got Lincoln right now. Of course, it has Kyler Murray with 